Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. What up? Yep, we're here again, another quarantine edition, because we, unlike other people, are taking this shit seriously. I know, right? <laughs> yes, you've been out. Uh, what have you been up to last week? I feel like you've been up to a lot more than I've been up to. Yeah, no, we um, we reopened the spa um, last Friday, so I've been, you know, getting back to do a massage, which is a little scary, you know what I mean? It's How many like, people are coming in for that type of thing? We've actually been a lot more booked than I expected us to be. Um, yesterday was a slower day, and it seems like things are kind of like, when we first opened, we were booked. Everybody was booked solid, you know what I mean? Now we've been open for like six days. And it looks as though people are kind of like, they were really excited, and now they're like, okay, I got my massage, and the <laughs> schedule's starting to be a little more empty now, yeah. you know? Um, it's but, scary. I mean, it's scary to get back out there, for sure. Hell, I don't even like doing it just for the grocery store, so I can imagine that you actually have to go to a place and have someone touching you and shit. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm in like in you know like an eight by ten room, yeah. just me and that person. Um, and you know, you know you're and good, I, and you're you're taking safety precautions, but trying to convey that to them is a whole other story, you know. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I wear my mask, which is difficult to give a massage in that mask because it gets so hot, you know. Um, yeah. And then they have the option to either leave theirs on or take theirs off. Yeah, and this is coming from uh, somebody. I, I wear glasses, and I'm telling you, masks and glasses do not go well together. I am, like, fogging up in the middle of, like, aisle three of the grocery store. And, <laughs> and there's really nothing you can do about it. No. <laughs> like, all right, no. I just got to lift my glasses up a little bit, and hopefully they'll defog. But, yeah, it's kind of right. a, a new situation everyone's dealing with. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. So what have you been doing with um, – have you been able to have any time with your busy schedule of watching any flicks? Have you seen anything interesting? Or have you been watching stuff for future pods? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, I've been uh, I've been on a little cannon kick here lately. Yeah, so have I. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm with you there. So that, that might lead up to something. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd hope that the time I invest in that would come to fruition to do something someday. <laughs> I call you and cancel it. Nah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Those movies suck anyway. Those movies suck. <laughs> yeah, I've been on a kick too, so I'm going to have to get you some more. Uh, next time I drop some stuff over to your house, I'll I'll, I'll throw you some uh, Masters of Universe and uh, some yes. other ones that uh, you might need to check out on because I've been buying a bunch that I haven't that I've put off because they're hard to find, man. Some of those oh, DVDs sure. are like $15, $20, which seems like not a lot, but uh, uh, back in the day that would have been cheap, but today's yeah. prices it's pretty expensive I, because i just bought uh murphy's law and the 10 to midnight uh were kind of some more of the expensive charles bronson ones and a non-canon film that i just splurged last night i found uh modern problems for uh like 18 dollars, and i'm like i'm doing it i need to see my chevy chase and modern problems absolutely dude yeah, that's I, a hard I, movie I, to find 
I would pay. I would pay twenty bucks for that. Like I, I would pay twenty bucks for that. TV. It's so good. Well, yeah. I'll let you borrow it. You won't have to. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Uh, I was listening to hearing Dave's pod uh, from this past week, and uh, just want to let you know I've been. I've been watching a lot of Sweeney Todd lately. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew we would predict some shit eventually. <laughs> I totally forgot about I was about cracking that. up. Yeah, I was cracking up when I heard Dave's like, I think that's one of Justin's favorites. <laughs> it, it totally is. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, and, and by the way, I haven't even talked to Dave. So, Dave, if you're listening, bud, I hope you're doing well and uh, to see you again soon someday, man. Yeah, what the hell? Uh, I mean, I yeah, it's it's hard to get anyone if you're not on a Zoom meeting or, if, uh, or one of those four o'clock drinking uh, things people are doing. I'm not doing them. Uh, I hear I people are doing that. it. <laughs> What's that? They just get together and get drunk online yeah, yeah, together? Yeah, they Zoom. They do like a Zoom cocktail hour at like 4 o'clock every day. You, uh, you and like 12 of your, I guess, best friends or whoever, acquaintances at work or something like that, and everyone drinks together. That's so, hysterical. Not me. I'll drink, well, you know, I, I drink alone. <laughs> Right. Well, I, you know, now I don't have the capability to do this, but I bet you one thing that's really huge right now is online gaming. And now for a taste of things to come. It has begun. Get over here. Your soul is mine. Lawless victory. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's the way to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm super excited to talk about this uh, this episode. We've gone through and we picked 12 uh, video games. Classics. Some of these I haven't played. I'll be honest with you. Uh, There's a few of these I have not played at all. I think most Uh of them I have. Mm -hmm. I mean, all but maybe... I haven't played three of these 12 um, movies that we're talking about. I haven't played the games before, uh-huh. three of the 12. So I'll mention when we yeah. get there. But uh, have you played all these? Everyone. Everyone. Nice. Everyone. That's great, man. Yeah. And, and we'll press, preface this from the beginning. A, a lot of these movies, eh, some of them aren't as good as the game. But. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the nostalgia. It was bringing these games to life. Oh, That's totally. why these movies, you know, like... Some oh, of these man. time period ones, I mean, there's some on here in the 90s that were just, they, we were just happy to have them, you know? Absolutely, Back dude. in the day, and we knew, we had no illusions back in the day that they couldn't have been better. And you're like, eh, you know what? It could have been better, but I mean, at least we got a Street Fighter film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and I'll tell you, and I, like, we don't need to jump into this one. It'll be on the list, you know, and I hate to jump ahead, but I was so excited when this movie came out. I'm so excited to talk about it now. I can't wait. Like which movie? Dude, when Mortal Kombat. Oh, okay. Dude, when Mortal Kombat came out, like, oh my god, I yeah, was they, they so were big, excited, man. Dude. And uh, people forget that uh, uh, that Mortal Kombat, man. The what was great about that was the music became like a big hit on its own. I had uh, that album, and dude. I played that album all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And they still play that shit. Yeah, you, you can you can still hear it at well, not sports games now, but you know, yeah. like. Or like clubs back in the day, they used to play it. All of a sudden, you'd be there'd be regular music playing at the club, and all of a sudden, you'd be hearing like uh, Scorpion scream, "Come Kombat! over here!" Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So these were all really exciting, uh, exciting video games to play and to uh, to watch. And I love that the fact that they can. Uh, I don't know what the first one. I, I mean, you almost have to say that it was uh, that it was Super Mario Brothers. Uh, I think it probably was, one, but. And 
All right, I don't. We're gonna end up jumping ahead. I say we just yeah. move through them <laughs> yeah. so we can talk That's about them and everything. And I'll start like I'll start at the top of the list here. And this is one of my favorite movies on the list, but it's also a video game that I have not played. And this is oh, 2006 wow. Silent Hill. Dude, I remember great when game. people had to tell me what it was. Oh really? Yeah, dude. I, like this is this was a well done movie for a well done game. Nice. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, Silent Hill, the game, dude, it was so creepy, man. You just, you were walking around in this town of Silent Hill and basically like the fog rolled in and you could only see like within a certain perimeter around your character. You know what I mean? And like, dude, it was just creepy and like, you know, and same as the movie, like, you know, so, so in the movie, the, the mother and the daughter are traveling, and she I think she's a doctor or something like that, isn't she? I think she's a doctor. She's a doctor, yeah. and, her, and her daughter's having these weird, weird dreams about this place that she's not even aware of. She had to, like, Google it to be able—and she's screaming, I have to get the Silent Hill, I have to get the Silent Hill. But that part at the beginning where she was, like, going to jump off the cliffs— uh, yeah. To, to get to the place that was that big of a place that, or a pull to her that she had to get there. And I remember being like, oh, this was just creepy as hell, man. Some, yeah, of, some of the greatest effects in this, we should mention the two main actors in it. You got Sean Bean, who became famous from the Lord of the Rings movies and Ronin and a whole bunch of other flicks. And then you got Rashad Mitchell, who was famous in uh, Pitch Black, which we just talked about recently. Yeah. And yeah. also the girl that eventually became the uh, one of the main girls in The Walking Dead, the guy. The girl who played Andrea was the girl who was the motorcycle cop in this. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, same girl as Andrea. And, and she was great in this, man. I I remember seeing – I'm pretty sure I, when I saw this movie, I still didn't know it was a video game until afterwards when I was telling people about it. And they were like, oh, you know oh, that's really? a video game? Do you know? Do you remember what platform it was on? What system? It was on PlayStation? I think it might have been PlayStation 2. Oh, man. See, and I have a PlayStation 2. I'm going to have to do some research on that because I might have to pick that up. It's a, I mean, dude, I, I remember playing this game and another one that we'll get to later. And like, you know, cause I mean, I'm, I was younger, you know what I mean? But like being like actually scared while playing this yeah. game, like, because you just didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. You didn't know. What was <laughs> I know what other one you're talking about too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cause the new one of that other one is still scary as shit. <laughs> I, yeah. I, yeah. That's what I've heard. I mean, the um, horror games are like, uh, th- this this one and the other one, I, we should might as well just say it. The other ones are Resident Evil, but the yeah. <laughs> but those two games really changed the kind of look and the feel of horror video games. You know, not until then were you afraid. If I go through this door, is there going to be the weirdest creature ever, and is it going to kill me right away? I mean, yeah, is- well, or am I going to walk through there and feel safe for four seconds, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, something's going to pop up on the screen and scare the shit out of me? Yeah, you know. Um, and they did that so well, you know, but like with Silent Hill, you know, when that alarm started going off oh, yeah. and there was that switch, you know, and like, dude, the, the, the demons or the monsters or they whatever were they were, crazy, dude. Oh, it was man, like something were... out of, uh, uh, McFarlane toys, you know, the McFarlane toys that he does. Uh, he did all the spawn toys and everything. Oh, and, yeah. And it looked like it was somebody out of somebody's like horrific satanic nightmare. Like you Absolutely. couldn't even, you couldn't even, you couldn't even think of monsters this creepy and crazy with the barbed wire wrapped around their skull yeah. and they, they just crawling across the ground and the beetles that followed them. So, so you'd say this was a pretty, a, a lot of the stuff we're seeing in the movie you, you saw in the game. 
I mean, I, if I remember correctly, it was pretty accurate. Yeah. You know, it's been it's been a while since I've played this game. Um, you know, but like, I re- you know because through all of these, there's there's certain things that you see, and I wish one specifically could come to mind for me right now, but it doesn't. But there's certain things that you see in the movie that is so satisfying because it's in the game. Yeah. And you're like, oh, perfect little Easter egg right yep. there. You that, know, that goes like, for all these movies too. You know, it, it, yeah. it can be something simple, like uh, just a, a kind of reaction that you're, you remember specifically that your character would go through that when you right. saw that person on screen go through it, it was great. And it, it worked great that when these movies were well cast too. And it was, it was a well cast uh, horror movie that was also satisfying to people like me at the time who had no clue that it was based on a video game. I mean, yeah. there's still people watching this movie that it, that's one of their favorite movies that they still don't know it's a video game. Right. Yeah. Well, and like now I'm trying to remember and I, I you know, I don't I, I don't know if we should spoil the ending to this or not. Well, Maybe not the very ending, but we could we could go through and talk a little bit about what was <laughs> what was going on. Like we had mentioned that the. uh the little girl had this special kind of pull to this town, and then the mother was Googling it. I mean, this was 2006, so uh, it wasn't a, an absolute positive that you were going to find the information you wanted on the Internet, but it was possible. Yeah. And <laughs> so basically she's trying to look for this secret town, and the town is kind of like – I guess it's on like a parallel universe – in a way yeah. of it because there was some really great scenes where she's actually in the town and her husband is in the place where the town should be and they're almost standing in the same exact places but they're on a different plane and it was really right. wild to see that yeah way. yeah because uh yeah. you had that stuff with sean bean and the cop that were just kind of touring the schools and stuff like that and then you just saw what was going on on the other side and they were pretty lucky they weren't there <laughs> Yeah, no shit. Because when she and got like, there well, at night, because you remember when she's she's driving at night with her daughter, and then she's she's racing from the motorcycle cop, and something goes wrong, and she sees something on the road, and she spins out, and basically she's there right after that. You know, she goes over that bridge, and uh, all of a sudden she finds herself and that motorcycle cop have been transferred, uh, transported basically into that kind of secret ghost kind of uh, city of Silent Hill. Right. And so wasn't it like there was like a chemical factory there or something like that that like burned the whole town yeah, down yeah. or something? That like, was the the backstory of it, that there was a, a huge fire there and it burned underground and uh, so so hot and so uh, wild that it killed everyone there, including kids and children and everything. And the whole place was haunted. But yeah. what was great is we're, we're going from like Rajada's like POV when she gets in the town and she's trying to figure it out. Where, like you said, that alarm goes off, and that that alarm is to let everyone in Silent Hill know that you better seek some shelter, and you're not quite yeah. sure why. But that first night, I mean, not to mention that alarm is kind of a scary noise anyways. <laughs> yeah, dude. It, no, it really is. I, like, I could know <laughs> nothing of what's going on in the town, and if that shit's going on, I know to <laughs> seek shelter. Duck, <laughs> duck and cover. <laughs> duck and cover. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So what are some of your favorite stuff from this movie? Um, I, I mean, dude, it's definitely, I really like the actual like change from the day to the night and Absolutely. watching that happen. Um, like you said, the, the gruesomeness of the, the, the beasts, you know, yeah. um, the dude that walks around with the giant, like sledgehammer pickaxe or something oh, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. 
Oh my god! There's that dude. scene like, where she's hiding in like the bathroom stalls, and yeah, and the the alarm had already sounded, and she's actually inside, but she's inside like a bad area and everything, and and you could see how the 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 building is like almost being being corrupted by like this crazy darkness that's like slowly taking over inch by inch, kind of getting closer and closer to her, until she's like holding doors shut with her feet and she's screaming her head off and everything. And in this yeah. one particular time, it like ended, and then like she was able to open the door and everything seems right, and she's like, "What the hell is going on?" You know, right. very similar to the the motorcycle cop too. I I really love the scene in the middle of the road with the motorcycle cop when that one creature is like coming towards them. And yeah, it, and it doesn't have any arms; it just has legs, and it ha- it's like has no shape to its head. And she's like freaking out and uh, demanding it to stop. And remember, it spits that black shit all over, her and she has to take off her helmet and take off her uh, her jacket. Mm-hmm. Then she's just in like her full uh, motorcycle cop outfit and everything, and she's just pummeling this thing with bullets, and it's not doing anything. And people right. are just running away, man. They perfectly cast that. I think her name is Allison Krauss. She was the uh, she was like the head kind of holy leader in that town. She was the one that got pulled up. Yeah, there. you know what scene I'm talking about. Uh, I mean, we could probably ruin that scene. There was a <laughs> great scene where uh, it there was a lot of Hellraiser elements to it. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know, how Hellraiser yeah. had those chains that yeah. would attach to people and everything. Well. The, and they were very white and pasty too, yeah. you know. And it it levitated, grabbed her by the hooks, and it levitated her in the air, and it literally pulled the skin off of her bones. And yeah, it was like wow. <laughs> I remember watching it in the theater, and I was like, "This is the, one of the more intense horror movies to come out in a long time." Well, and I think it's PG thirteen. Really? Oh man, I think it, it it's is. It's got to be R. That that would Maybe su- it is, that yeah. would surprise me because this is scary as shit. There's some there's some really scary stuff in there and some violent stuff. I mean, you're pulling someone's skin off. You would think it would yeah. have to be rated R. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, hey, Dave, do me a favor and look it up. See what that's rated. God damn it, <laughs> you're worthless. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it, man. I thought it was great. I. I really yeah, need to I, go back and check out the video game and everything, but as a movie, and I know they did a sequel to it, and I'm not sure if I ever saw the sequel. I can't remember if I did or not. Yeah, I don't, I'm not yeah. sure if I did. I remember really loving the first one, and I own the first one, and I've, that was one I've always I've introduced to people before if I know that they're into kind of the, that darker, kind of twisted horror movie. I mean, because it's like, it's like if Marilyn Manson made a horror movie, you know? It was yeah. that kind of like weird kind of element to it. And there was a lot of, like I said, Hellraiser, a lot of weird sadomasochism type stuff with these creatures, like what was going on in this place. And they had those bugs, almost like the scarabs that were in like um, the mummy movie. Mummy, that, yeah. That were moving on the ground and everything. It was just, it wasn't a place you wanted to be, you know? No, not at all. <laughs> Don't no, bring your kid ever... there. Yeah, if I ever see a sign that says Silent Hill five miles that way, I'm going the opposite no, direction. I don't care if it says Silent Hill Bakery. I'm going to go someplace <laughs> else. <laughs> Not going to happen. All right, let's <laughs> let's go into one of the big dogs here. And this was a movie oh. that I was excited to see because and, – and I used to play this game, but I was never that good at it. And this was uh, 1994's Street Fighter. Oh, what? God, I can't believe that came out in '94. Yeah, and this was this was more based off of Street Fighter Two. Street Fighter Two was the one that became the phenomenon. Street Fighter One yeah. was all right; it was an introduction to everything. But Street Fighter Two is one 
was that one that everyone was going at the arcade to. And uh, if your kids are out there listening and you don't know what an arcade is, we used to have to go to a specific place to play some of these games. I know, right? And pay money, buy the game. <laughs> and stand in line or put your quarters uh, up on the machine to play the next kid who was in there. And yeah. I, I used to play it at the very beginning, but then I realized I was not that good at these types of fighting games. I, I could not memorize the combination. So after a while, it was literally me just pushing all the buttons. And if something came out of it, it was great. But I would play with my cousin was amazing at it. And eventually, I just liked watching my cousin play because he, he somehow right. knew. You always knew these guys playing this game that for some reason knew how to do every single like maneuver, even though they right. just picked it up. And I was like, what the fuck? That's what was frustrating with me. How about you? Yeah, um, dude. I, well, I mean, when it came to the game, like, I was always bad at the actual arcade version. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I the joystick that they had and everything like that, I couldn't get the stuff down. But yeah. when it came to the handheld, you the know, in my hand controller, yeah. Dude, I, I was good. I was good, you know. I played it yesterday, uh, I'll be honest. I played it yesterday. I, I got my ass kicked. I couldn't get past the first round. <laughs> <laughs> so if you listen to this podcast and I have a audio clip of round one in there and you don't why you don't know why I have uh, don't have a round two in there, <laughs> it's because I suck. <laughs> oh oh god. So I, I loved it. I loved all the characters uh in it. They even made I love uh I don't know what year this was. This was a good question for my cousin, too. They came out with a line of the Street Fighter figures in mm-hmm. G.I. Joe. I don't know if you ever remember that. They have a lot wow. of the G.I. There's a whole line of Street Fighter. You can get Chung Lee. You can get uh, uh, Blyle or uh, all, all the different characters that were in there. So mm-hmm. uh, it was a fun thing. But let's talk some, some of the movie now. I was working at the video store uh, when this came out, and I was excited. Uh when it came out because it was one of the movies that I used to be able to play on the TV. We were constantly looking for PG, PG 13 movies that we could just have on the background that kids could watch right. and everything. And this was yeah. one that I had on all the time. So I, I've almost heard it more than I've seen it and I've seen it probably 10 times and it, mm-hmm. it's certainly flawed as shit. Oh dude, <laughs> but so many plot holes, dude. but it is fun as shit too, man. It, no, it is. It's a very, it's, if you look into the background of the making of this, they had one guy just following Jean-Claude Van Damme around to make sure that he didn't do any drugs. That's the story really? that I've heard about it. And I heard that the guy that they hired was the wrong guy because he eventually just started doing all the drugs with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I was going to say, did he start selling him all yeah. the drugs? And, like? and Van Damme was like uh, was having an affair with uh, the leading lady that he, that was on the military crew with him. You know, the blonde that was like... Tammy. Is that what it is? Yeah, Tammy. That, that yeah. He was having an affair with that woman at the time, so I, apparently it was a clusterfuck. And wow. uh, what's his name who played Gomez? Damn, who's the guy? Uh, Raul Julia. Raul Julia was, this was like one of the last movies he did, so he's it very ill. It was the last movie he did. They, really? they had, because I watched it, you know, and they had like, at the end they had like a little, you know, memorial yep. for him there, like. Yeah, and he um, he did it because his kids, his kid, he wanted to do mo- a lot of movies towards the end of his career there, right before he died, that that his kids could go and see and, and watch. So he wasn't even aware of it, and he came in, and he really was one of the best things about this movie because uh, he was great. He dude. was really great. No one told him that this was going to be a bad cheesy ass movie. He went in there and yeah. as a 
great actor that he is, he went on there and he played it to the hilt, and he was great. He was really yeah. what was his name? Bison? Is that what it was? Yeah, or, M-, M. Bison. M. Bison. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Head bad guy, man. It was a yeah. lot of fun people in this movie too. Who are some of the Dude, other? So Latimer from the program. That's right, Latimer Zang- from the program. He's he's Zangief, and then like my other, you know, one of my favorite, like just random role people. Um, I always call him Big Manu Manu the Slender because he's from Necessary Roughness. That's he's right, the, uh, the big uh, Hawaiian guy. He, yeah, he plays E Honda. E Honda, um, yeah. uh, the girl you know, that played. Uh, Chung Lee, she's huge right now because she's in the Marvel Universe. She's one of the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and she was the voice of Mulan and she's super, super popular uh, still to this day. So and and she was early on in her career. And uh, I I have to I have to say, though, I was I have always been dissatisfied with how they made Blanca. Well, they they fucked up because they didn't reveal him until the end, and at the end you were like, really? This is what we yeah. were waiting for? First of all, they yeah. should have. I think they should have started the movie with them testing on somebody and then having him bust out at the beginning and him being in the movie for a good chunk of it. Because as yeah. the game, he was he was never the best character to play, but he was always the most appealing one when you were looking at the character screen. You know, we're like, yeah, we're like who the hell is this thing? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, and also, I, I, I never even realized until I watched this the other day I always wondered, like, where is Dalsam? Like, why can't I see Dalsam? Like, I don't understand. Huh. He's the doctor. He's the doctor who takes, uh, who, oh, like... interesting. Yeah, he's yeah, the one... And, and because he was also the... in um, Temple of Doom. Yeah. Yeah, he was one of the um, doctors in Temple of Doom. Yeah, and I mean, and he's wearing that big neck collar the whole movie, but I never put it together because he never does anything. Yeah. Anything, you know? Um, and for some reason, I, I wish that... Uh, Van Damme would have been Ken instead of being Guile. Yeah. I don't know why. No, but that's I not think a just... bad idea, actually. And if he was a little younger, maybe it was an age thing. I think maybe if it was five years earlier, he would have been Ken. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, I mean, the plot was all over the place, and like it had the most kind of weird, happy ending that you've ever seen in your life. Like you could tell that they just wrapped this shit show up at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You <laughs> but know, really, unless you're watching this movie for nostalgia, it, it it's not a very good movie. It's not one of those yeah, ones don't, you can don't recommend. Ex- you got yeah, to recommend it to people that are thrilled like it. by the storyline. You know, <laughs> like, uh, but the guy who played Saget was good. Sagat. Um, he was, he's the, he's, I'm pretty sure he's that Native American actor. Um, oh, uh, Wes Studi. I think so. Yeah, Wes Studi um, was him. He was in uh, Heat, and he was in a bunch of other, uh, he was in Last of the Mohicans. So they they spent some money on some decent actors on this, too. The, this, yeah. This, the script and the directing was just all over the place. That That's really what hindered this movie. But yeah. I mean, it came at a time period where it was demanded. You know, everyone in that time period they want these video game movies, and when one of them kicked off, uh, which is which is our number four movie here, which kind of kicks yeah. off the whole thing, and it wasn't done well either. You would think that some of them just did a little bit better than the others. It, it just all depended on how well the story was. You know, I think a lot of these people took the video game kind of notion a little bit too literally. And yeah. didn't kind of take the time to make a great <laughs> actual movie out of it, but it's still fun as hell. I still watched it like recently and smiled the whole way through it. And yeah, just, it, it, it was fun. Well, and like you know, and so like little Easter eggs for this movie, you know, through the whole thing because it had been since I saw it in the theater since I've seen this movie until mm. a couple of weeks ago. Oh wow! Uh, 
Yeah, dude. Um, I mean, I probably saw it on HBO, you know, when I was a teenager or yep. something like that. But, um, you know, but like when Ryu throws the fireball, like, you know, and it's not it's not the actual fireball, but he hits somebody and there's a flash of light. Like, you're like, oh, yes, you know. Yeah. Um, and then there's a, por- a point where, like, they're putting a cap on a barrel and the barrel, the top of the barrel says Capcom on it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, that's funny. Just, just little things like that, yeah. you know. And those are should great. be easy to do because I mean, there's not. It's a fighting game, so there's not much to it, it and it's not like as kind of uh, as good as the next one uh, as a fighting game turned out to be. But right, uh, well, the difference, and we might as well move to the next one, anyways. Sure. Uh, so this next one, this was great. I saw this in the theater, and I was it. It was way better than the other couple movies that had been already done. Uh, that were based on video games. And this was 1995's Mortal Kombat. And it was way better uh, than any of the Mortal Kombats that followed as well. Absolutely. I did not care for the, the Annihilation one. It was just, nah. And yeah, the good thing about this one, and I always say it is the director. This was directed by Paul Anderson. It was one of his first movies. So this is the same director as Resident Evil, as Event Horizon, as Soldier, as he does all the Resident Evil movies. He's the one who's married to Mila Jovovich and, Mm -hmm. uh, he came out strong like uh with this movie and a lot of the actors were good some of the good actors some of the bad i don't know i i was never a fan of uh the highlander you know christopher lambert yeah. he's just not yeah. a good actor man he's just yeah, his, he's his cheesy, accent bro. doesn't translate well and he just comes across as like really wooden in his movies and i like a lot of his movies like i love uh, I, I love Highlander. I love Highlander 2. I love that Fortress movie, and I like this movie, but, man, he's he's just not that good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you have the girl from Happy Gilmore, which is probably the first time that she's ever been referred to as the girl from Happy Gilmore yeah. and not Sonya Blade from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Well, she was in uh, Last Action Hero also. She was hot, Oh, that's man, right. Back in the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. I oh, I loved, I lo- yeah, I loved watching her kick the shit out of uh, Kano. That was enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Beach. And he was big, yeah. too, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, dude. My my boy from Rising Sun, I always liked in this. The guy who played Eddie in Rising Sun, uh, he was the mm. main guy. You know that flawless uh, victory guy. I, yeah, I, I um, screw up his name. Uh, I can't. Th- uh, oh my gosh, he was like my favorite uh, fucking player. Yeah, and he was great uh, in uh, Balls of Fury. Pop in Liu Kang. Yeah, Liu Kang. And he played. Uh, yeah, he was uh, in Balls of Fury, playing basically his same character. <laughs> yeah, in a way. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but this was dark. I remember how dark it was and how the special effects really carried it. I love how, uh, I mean, if anything, when you came out of this movie, you loved how Scorpion and Sub Zero looked. You know, because oh, they yeah, were badass, dude. man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and Shang Tsung also. Yeah, you know, like he was great. But yeah, dude, like in that in that dinner hall scene where they're like doing the exhibition and that fighter is gonna fight Sub Zero and he's like. You know, the, the, the red shirt guy, is yeah, yeah. There, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, doing his moves and everything like that. And Sub-Zero is just standing there. And finally, the dude starts running at him and he starts to form that, you know, freeze ball in his hands yeah. and just fucking hits dude with it. And dude jumps in the air, freezes, hits the ground and falls to pieces, you know. 
What's like, a, what's uh, good is there was a good story to this. The problem was it was Enter the Dragon, <laughs> you know? Right, It was exactly. a complete ripoff of Enter the Dragon. I mean, there's right. no one's going to convince me otherwise because I've, I've seen both movies, <laughs> you <laughs> know? <laughs> and, and if you've seen both movies, I mean, it's basically, you know, the they're infiltrating this kind of uh, this death tournament, basically, that's going to be taking place on another island, and the people on the island are crazy. I mean, the only big difference is there was a huge supernatural element that kind of worked in on it there, yeah. especially Your with, like you said, the Sub-Zero and the Scorpion characters. Well, and now, didn't they also have Goro in this one? Yeah, yeah, and he was cool, yeah, and he dude. talked and everything, and you... I, I mean, when you rewatch it, it's a little cheesy because it's a big kind of creature effect, but it wasn't that bad, you know? No, no, and, and, and as a kid, when this came out, again, after playing this game, yeah. you know, dude... And this game changed fighting games. Yeah, you know, what, I, I wasn't dude, good at this when, one either, but I, I enjoyed they, playing it. When they came out with Fatality, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and you were like, because I remember the original game on Sega. My buddy had it. And I mean, dude, once he got it, we spent like the summer playing. It. Oh, yeah. And just, you know, and just going over all of the fatalities and like, you'd never seen anything like yeah. that before, you know? And like, um, so, you know, I, I just, it was such a fun game, yeah, too. You I know? played a lot. It was very similar to Street Fighter. It was a time period where I was just hanging out with my cousin constantly, and he was so good at these games that I used to watch him play more than, uh, I would watch him play one player more than we would play two player, just because it was almost like a waste. It was just, my character was there for him to kick my ass, right. is what it was. Yeah. And then nothing's more frustrating than being able to do the fight, and then maybe you could win a round, but you didn't know the trick to do the fatality, and it was just, ah, oh, weak. I remember yeah. handing my cousin the sticks and saying, you do the fatality, man. Do the fatality. Yeah, like, yeah, I just exactly. couldn't get it down. I mean, you have to swoop and then you hit A, B at the same time and you hit the top button. I was like, nah, man, right. I, I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, and then they got – now, see, this was one – this was a series of games where, like, I stopped playing it probably after three and recently I played the most recent version of it. They're still making them, Dude, huh? I, yeah, dude, and I mean, it's incredible. Like, it's incredible the graphics and the gore and and the 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 way that they do everything. It's awesome. Yeah, the fatality's like, got to be like real fatality, like looking now. Oh yeah, dude, you have no idea. I mean, back <laughs> in the day, it was like sixteen bit spinal columns coming out, so it was like, I mean, that's all we had. So we were like, whoa, that's evil, that's crazy. You, I mean, we're coming from a world of Pac Man, so you, you're not used to seeing yeah. people's spinal columns being ripped out on fucking the TV screen, so. Yeah, exactly. Well, dude, I just go on YouTube and look up the the, the latest stuff, and yeah. you can see it. It's incredible. But the the reason that I stopped playing it is because they became so complicated. Like, in order to perform one special move, like the combinations of buttons that you had to hit were so far beyond yeah. back back forward B. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> that, it was just like, yeah, I can't play this game anymore. And like, you know, yeah. it was like. We've like grown out of it almost, you know. It's like a kids thing that kids will learn that easier than adults. It's like learning a, a new language. It's dude, true. You it's, know? Oh man, that's a great right. example for it too. It's totally like learning a new language, and it's like my mind just doesn't compute. I mean, I can, you can tell me the moves, and I may be able to do it once, to, but to be able to do it in like a combat situation where you're just kind of throwing them at when someone's because that's what it was. My cousin used to teach me the different uh, the moves, and then I was like, all right, I'm ready for this. Let's play a game, yeah. and then we play the game, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm 
fucked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't you know, know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> I mean, like currently I have a PlayStation three and when this one breaks, I'm going to get another PlayStation three. Yeah. That's what what I mean? A lot like, of people are too. They love their uh, PlayStation. 3. I have a PlayStation two and it works well with me, but my cousin's always saying that, the, uh, that he loves the four. The four is probably the best one apparently, but uh, I for the games I want to play, the two will do exactly. just fine. But uh, right. but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. It's very nostalgic, and it, it was fun. And like I said, the the soundtrack was great. I love the soundtrack. I remember driving from uh, Port Charlotte uh, to Gainesville when I used to be able to do it in like one day. I would go. I would drive from like Gainesville. I would do my. Uh, I would do my route and I'd get off and I'd drive down the port shot and I'd spend the day down there with my uh, my family or my friends and I'd drive back and I would listen to that Mortal Kombat like CD over and over and over again, man. It was fucking fun. Yeah. And Dude, they used to play great. some of the songs. They used to they would play like a random song on the radio by Mortal Kombat and you yeah. hear that no, Mortal Kombat huge. thing and you were like, Wow. <laughs> yeah, dude. I it it, it became, and that's why they didn't make a Street Fighter 2, and they did make Mortal Kombat like 2, 3, and 4, you know, and they're actually, they're making a new one. Um, I follow an actor, uh, I can't think of his name right now, um, and he's probably going to be playing the new Shio Khan, because he's had video I have of him, seen like, uh, updates on, like, Twitter about, yeah, about uh, b- certain people being cast for the new Mortal Kombat, and, I mean, it, yeah. it's only going to be better. Like like we said, these these movies that we're talking about here, are, towards, unless you we're talking towards the end of the list here a lot of them yeah. are nostalgia purpose movies they weren't yeah. like well at least for the first four <laughs> yeah. because now, they weren't I, that great i i wouldn't mind seeing a remake of this next one though yeah i i mean i wouldn't mind seeing a remake of all these basically because it's, same with street fighter street fighter could have been done well they just didn't do yeah. it well and apparently right. it's it was done so bad that no one even wanted to touch it after that but if someone came out with a great script, I mean, it, it would work. And they keep John Claude away from it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hide up the hide up the women. Jean Claude's on the yeah. set. <laughs> yeah. He could be bison though. Yeah. He could he could come uh, back and be bison. Hide your women in coke. Van Damme is here. <laughs> uh, well, all right, this next one, man. I was super excited to see this, and I was the only one of my friends. I was a junior in high school probably older than I should have been to be excited to see this movie. But this was 1993 Super Mario Brothers. It was kind of the one that kicked off all these uh, video game movies. And also, from what I hear, the backstory, like they need to do a documentary about this movie because what I hear, the backstory, it's uh, it was a complete shit show where John, yeah. where John Lacazamo and Bob Hoskins were getting drunk on the set just so they could get through it. Uh, <laughs> And uh, Dennis Hopper didn't even know what the hell was going on in this movie. So a lot of it was improvised and a lot of it was made up. John Leguizamo and and, uh, Bob Hoskins made a shitload of this movie up. That's awesome. I I thought it was great. I'm one of the only kind of defenders of this movie out there, too. I thought it was fun. I thought it was clever. I thought the the Goombas and all those creatures, the way they did it with the small heads and... and, uh, kind of putting people in the machine of de-evolutionizing people and everything. I thought yeah. it was awesome, man. <laughs> Dude, I, I I second that. Like, <laughs> I have always thought, yeah, I have always thought this movie was great. And we are in the minority, funny. dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people just, like, fast forward five minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I know. Don't, don't stand on that hill if you're at a, at a dinner party. 
<laughs> so you do a movie podcast, huh? What's the, what's the movie that you've reviewed yeah. lately that you like? Super Mario Super Brothers. Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> like, all right, we're done here. Yeah, yeah well, the door is that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you guys, um, let's tell a little bit about this shit show. And, oh, man, I mean, they even worked Yoshi into this shit. I know, dude. <laughs> I know. And, like, oh, I was so sad when, when Yoshi got stabbed. Oh, like, God, man. I, I, I love I, the, it's probably the scene that most people hate the most, but it makes me smile every time that elevator scene where these, those, where the, they dance. Yeah. Where they dance. The, oh they, dude. Favorite. It's probably my favorite scene. <laughs> it's where John Lakazama is just like moving these yeah. creatures, these devolved creatures. Remember the one creature that they were friends with that had the harmonica that kept the harmonica. That, that uh, was Toad. It was oh, Toad. Well, yeah. Is that they, what it was? Well, yeah, that's right. Him, they called him Toad. They called him Toad, yeah. That's funny. And there yeah. were a lot of Easter eggs in this one, too. Oh, yeah, dude. And, I mean, just the weird ba-bombs. stuff. The ba-bombs. <laughs> God, <laughs> I love that, man. I thought yeah. it was great. And I, I don't know where they came up with the idea for the king to be de-evolved into fungus, but, you know. I, yeah, and it was Lance Henriksen. Remember, it was Lance Henriksen That's at right, the at the end. end. I, yeah, that's crazy, dude. But uh, you think of a lot of these stuff. If you played that first and second Mario Brothers, there was a lot of those elements, even the like when they were – uh, transporting from <clears throat> from the real world to kind of the Mario land here, where uh, and that was a digital effect that was really good when they went through that sand. Yeah, you know, which absolutely. Was, and the sand has always been kind of a huge element in the Mario Brothers. Certainly in number two, almost more than the first one, where yeah. you sink in the sand and you would have oh. to run through it and everything. And it reminded me of that. Uh, I think if you were like I said, I was a little pretty, I was probably a little old to be champion in this <laughs> this film. <laughs> but if I was like five years younger, if I was like ten watching this movie or eight years old, this would have been one of yeah. my favorite movies of all time, man. It would have yeah. been great. Yeah, yeah and like, and um, the two the two uh, brothers that mm-hmm. uh, I, I can't think of their names, but they're both like good character actors. Um, oh, the uh, the ones hunting them down. Yeah, yeah. Fisher you know, Stevens was one of them. Who is, yeah. Who's the guy from Short Circuit, you know, Johnny Five. Right. And the yeah. other one was the, the guy from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, the, the valet driver. Yeah, the valet driver. Yeah, <laughs> They dude. were great too, man. Yeah, and they, you know, they were dumb, and so they thought, you know, they thought they were going to de-evolution them, and they advanced them so that they got smarter. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and they told and their characters completely changed. Oh, and like, God. Oh, yeah, I always liked Fisher Stevens, man. I thought he was funny as hell in Hackers. Remember, he was the bad guy in Hackers. Yeah, absolutely. He, he was great, and he was married to like Michelle Pfeiffer for a little while there. I'm, I'm not oh, sure. Wow. Maybe the, I, they had gotten divorced, but <clears throat> maybe it was because of Super Mario Brothers. I don't know. He's like, you're not yeah. going anywhere, Fisher. You're making bad decisions. Said <laughs> 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 so we all thought that Mario was going to make money. Yeah, strange I enough, know, right? it didn't. I, the yeah. trailer was good for it. I remember they were showing a lot of the effects on the trailer where, like, Dennis Hopper's face is, like, just blending into the sand and he's coming out and all this craziness coming on. And there were certainly goofy moments like the the nightclub scene with the big black chick with the, uh, yeah. the boots on her feet and everything. So yeah. there, there was some cheesy-ass stuff in it. I mean, for sure. I'm not going to say this is going to win any awards, but as the fun factor – I mean, it was certainly better than Street Fighter and more kind of a uh, cohesive movie than Street Fighter. Yeah, it but, was fun, dude. But like you said, it's not like it couldn't be remade. Uh, they could totally remake this. 
Uh, you would have to do it campy, and I think that's what made it fun to me. I mean, I like where so John Lacozama was like, uh, "I'm Luigi Mario, and that's Mario Mario." You know? <laughs> yeah. You got a problem with that? <laughs> you know? Uh, just playing plumbers, man. I I get a kick on it. I play it probably once every year, just for mm-hmm. a, for a goof and and laugh my ass off watching it because I I always thought it was great. And I remember yeah. going with my friend Joe, and he's just like, "What is this movie?" I said, "It's just stupid, <laughs> man. Just go with it. Just go with yeah, it. Yeah, just enjoy it." You I'm know pretty sure I mean? we smoked weed before we went. And we just enjoyed the hell out of it all the way because that's that's the way to do it man this is not like a sober person's movie (laughs) (laughs) ask bob hoskins he didn't even act sober (laughs) i know right oh that's oh god all right we're on to the next one here and we're gonna jump around i I didn't put these in any specific order so we just kind of throwing it in there and this because it jumps forward to like 2007 and this was a great movie and this was a movie that was remade that I had never seen the remake for it but uh, mm-hmm. the 2007 one I loved and this was uh Hitman with uh Timothy Oliphant right Timothy Oliphant man it was yeah, really really good this, this was movie. a hard game do you remember this game Oh yeah dude I I I bought the uh like Hitman 1 2 and 3 yep. package for oh, nice. uh my PlayStation yeah dude it's <clears throat> It's a fun game. Dude. We played it and at Dave's house a lot when he was working, living at Terry's place. There, he he had it there, and we played it a lot. And I I never got past the first couple stages because you had to really take your time with it. You know, it was one yeah. of those very methodical. Like you, I remember. I mean, you would go and you basically you were a hitman, but you would have to like. Uh, you would have a couple seconds to strangle someone and you had to pull their body into the alley just enough time. And if you didn't, if someone saw you, you like failed the whole mission and everything. So it was very difficult to play. Did you ever end up beating it? I don't think Dave ever did. I'm pretty sure that I did. It's been a while since I've played it. I don't really remember. Um, But like, but I mean, it was the type of game that you had to memorize every step along the way because, and that, and it was frustrating, dude. Like I can't, I can't tell you like, Oh dude, I ran through that game. No, that game took a while. No, it's a, know? it's a hard one. And it's kind of what you yeah. want when you play in a video game. There's nothing more frustrating than getting a video game and being too easy. You know, when you just kind of fly through it. Yeah. I mean, it boosts your ego a little bit. You're like, I am so badass at this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's just easy. <laughs> but, uh, but the storyline was great. I loved how like, you know, you really had no idea who Timothy Oliphant was, where he came from, but they did those flashbacks, you know? Yeah, it was um, very, uh, do you remember Soldier with, uh, yeah, with Kurt, Russell? Kurt Russell? It was very Soldier, yeah. you know, the, the idea that these uh, kids were like almost birthed to to be these uh hitman you know from birth and right. they're raised yeah. to be have no emotion and everything and the 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 clincher was that they worked for the vatican you know they were doing the vatican's bidding for like uh, i know as a hitman which was interesting but he played him great you know he had that great kind of i mean when you when you play the game and then you watch the movie it, it's what you were expecting and what you wanted you know it was that just really gritty uh, action-packed, lots of guns, lots of action, and just like zero emotion from Timothy Olfat. And he was really good. Yeah. That, that's not like a knock on him, his acting ability. No, no. He's really he, good. He was very, he, yeah, no, his character was very calculated and, and like, you know, knew where to be, when to be there, what was going to happen. Like, there yeah. wasn't any surprising him. Like, it was, and, and he was just very, like, deadpan, yep. you know. Another and, really, and that's, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and that's what his character 
was trained to be. You know what I mean? So like you said, it's not knocking him saying, oh, he wasn't very emotional. Yeah. It's like, no, he wasn't emotional because he wasn't supposed to be, you know? A lot of great stuff with the uh, the actress in there, that Ukrainian girl. She was hot, man. She was great. She oh, ended up yeah. being a Bond girl in like Quantum of Solace. She went on to uh, do a Bond movie. She was really great in that. Uh, there's a couple scenes that like stick in my mind as really good. That hotel scene was so good, man. Do you remember the hotel scene? I I remember bits and pieces of it, but like, I can tell you this when, when we started talking about it, the first thing that came to my head was like, Oh, I got to mention the hotel scene. Yeah. You know, he hid those guns in the ice machine. Remember? And he was just, he had his, he had his escape route all set up because he knew people were coming for him. And that's what it was too. the, The whole hotel, they found out where he was staying and he had to take every single person out, and then it, it ended with him like jumping out of the window into the pool. Yeah, uh, there's that subway scene, which is really good, where he's got to fight in those close quarters. And remember, he like he lifts that guy, he he gets that guy around the neck, and then like swivels his body and puts his head above above the track, so his head would get run over by the train. Yeah, and dude, it was so brutal. Some of the stuff yeah. in this, I don't know yeah. how many. It had to have been like, I don't know how many bullets were fired in this movie, <laughs> but it had to have been a lot because it was yeah. oh, a major. Sure, I, I realized it like uh, I'd watched it a few weeks ago and uh, I realized how loud it was when I played early in my wife's sleeping and I'm like, Jesus this is a loud ass movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you forget yeah, well, how many he, gunshots. Yeah. Well, and even like I loved when he had the. the- uh, I guess they were 45s with long, you know, long barrel silencers on them. Oh yeah, yep. Oh dude, he was such a badass. Like when, I, I, I liked, I liked a lot when they would have him pinned against a wall with those, and they would have the like pan around shot of him coming around the wall and extending the guns out to start firing, because that to me was very much like the video game. Absolutely, you know, and, and it was just such a cool, like you know homage homage whatever you know to that where it was like oh that you know and those were the things with all of these movies that it's just like boom that's what i wanted to see right there and sure i'm sure there was a a hundred things that are in the movie that other people wanted to see but like when they did that it was like here's a little gift for you you know what i mean and it was just so satisfying and i heard good things about the uh the sequel i had never seen it and i like that guy too that guy actually the guy who plays hitman in the newer version he was actually he played an assassin in that Showtime show uh, Homeland. Uh, oh really? And, and he was really good. He was a, like a that he was one of the best characters in that show. Just he was like this very covert. He would just go in in the middle of the night and take people out, and he could do anything. So it was almost like a uh, a trial run. Homeland was kind of like a trial run for him, and they were they just plugged him into the Hitman movies, and everyone who had known who he was were like, "Oh, this is going to be perfect." Uh, basically, they just shaved his head, and he's going to play the same character he did in Homeland. And it didn't. I, I remember when it was coming out, and I was excited about it. And then I don't remember even it coming out. And then before I knew it, it was on video and everything, and I just had not seen it. So uh, yeah. I'll have to do some deep uh, research because when I watching the old one, you were like, "Oh, Tim, Timothy Olfat's going to come back and do like five of these." And, yeah, absolutely. And he never did. I was surprised because it was it was a great movie because. Anytime you can do a video game movie, like we said with Silent Hill, where you don't necessarily have to be a fan of the video game, it's just yeah. all, all the better, you know? And uh, Hitman is one of those ones that went really well because you could just be an action fan and be really into this flick. I mean, yeah, you like beautiful women, you like uh, treacherous situations and lots of guns and close quarter fighting. I mean, it's got all that, man. Yeah, really absolutely. Good. 
All right, this next one. This this one changed the game for me. It was probably one of my favorite ones on this list, if not my favorite one on the list, is 2002's Resident Evil. Oh, yeah, dude. Love that first one, man. So good. Like I said, it was directed by Paul Anderson, who went on to do a whole shitload of stuff. I mean, he did Van Horizon, and in my eyes, Van Horizon is one of the, the, the better movies. Uh, better sci-fi horror movies ever made and he also did like i said soldier and every resident evil movie after this and once he married mila jovovich he basically was uh her pipeline to do flicks (laughs) you know he just put her in everything he did she seems to do that yeah there's a new movie there's a new movie out with her that paul anderson's directing and you read it it's like this post-apocalyptic woman is taking on this and everything i was like is this resident evil sounds like know, resident right? evil to me is, is, is her name alice yeah is her, her name's name alice? alice i'm calling bullshit <laughs> <laughs> i mean she's great i loved her in it but uh this was so much like the game to me even though there wasn't really a, uh it was kind of set up the whole first one was kind of a setup to what we were playing because when you're playing the game that the world's already to shit, you know, and in the yeah. in the movie, it's very contained, and I thought it was done really well. Like that opening sequence uh, with the virus being uh, let out in that elevator sequence where that person's sticking their head out of the elevator to try to get out, and it takes them, takes them apart and everything. And yeah. I, I love the, the – what made this movie for me was uh, – not only Michelle Rodriguez being in it because she's just brilliant. This was kind of she's awesome. Dude. This was like after Girl Fight, in that we knew that she was going to be in this badass role sometime, and and they plugged her into Resident Evil, and it was perfect for her because she's played that badass character. I think in every movie she's ever done, uh, yeah. because she's a badass. So why not cast her as a badass? <laughs> but the feel to it, man, was really really good and a really great horror movie. And this was before people forget that there was a time period before the walking dead when there were zombie films, right? Uh, yeah. Where they weren't kind of like Dawn of the dead, slow ass zombies. I mean, they had somewhat of a slow thing to them, uh, in this movie, but the, the kind of herd mentality that they had in this, where they were just like, uh, show up and you were screwed. You know, it, it was really great. What were your yeah. thoughts on this one? <laughs> So I, I, dude, I, I love, I own a bunch of these. I don't own them all, but I own a bunch of them. Um, I own the first three. Yeah. I I think, I think I own like the first one and the last two, maybe, um, like extinction. And then the one where they're in Vegas, apocalypse, Um, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you, dude, one of my favorite things about this whole series of movies is how Mike Epps is in every single one. Except the first one. I thought he was in the no. first one with the with the two uh, the two guns. They no. find him and he's like, "Don't." No, that's I the second one. Was yeah, it's the second oh, one. okay, yeah. okay. So from the second one on, then. Yep. But the thing is, is he dies in every fucking movie. Yeah. But he comes back as just like the same guy. Like, <laughs> I love how that that just keeps running yeah. through there. I love Michael Epps. I think he's yeah. great in everything, and he he was probably the only downside of this movie is not having him in it because he would have been great in it. Yeah. Uh, I love so. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, no, you. No, I insist. You. <laughs> no, I insist. <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of backstory that's fun if you were to 
listen to the commentary for Resident Evil. If you get the DVD, listen to the commentary. It's very interesting. And the commentary is done with Mila Jovovich, Michelle Rodriguez, and Paul Anderson. And um, Paul Anderson, I don't think I think he kind of got out over his head during the movie because he didn't realize that doing the commentary that Michelle Rodriguez and Mila Jovovich would spend so much time shitting on another actor in the movie, and it was so oh, enjoyable wow. to listen to. <laughs> Because you don't get to hear other actors shit on other actors. And apparently they had a really big problem with James Purefoy in this movie. And he was the guy that played her husband in the movie that they yeah. they had amnesia and they didn't realize they were connected until kind of deep into the movie and everything. And apparently right. there was this ongoing feud where they could not stand him. And any time that uh, apparently Michelle Rodriguez hit him too hard with something uh, during the movie and he ha- he went to his agent and his agent had to go to the producers and everything. So there was like this big feud going on between on the set between them and they were openly during the commentary calling him a big pussy and he's like oh i hate that fucking guy and i was like this is the best commentary i've ever listened to (laughs) that's crazy it was really fun to listen to but uh dude i uh i read a a story earlier today about how uh tom hardy and charlize theron like fucking hated each other on mad max yeah um and and the same guy the same guy who said uh that I is going to be Shio Khan. Mm-hmm. He's the guy. He played the really big guy, uh, the bald guy. Um, what is it, Richter Rictus or something like that? Um, in Mad Max Fury Road. Huh, I'll have to look him uh, up. And and he said, "Oh, I noticed Charlize Theron didn't mention when she hit Tom Hardy over the head with an AK-47." Mm. Yeah, wow. so there must have been a big feud there too. So I'm a sucker it's crazy. for those like behind the scenes because most of them don't get out. You know, a lot of times you'll yeah. be like, oh yeah, there was a little animosity here and there, but we made it through there. Everyone doesn't want to rip anyone else, but right. when you can find that actor, and that's what's great about podcasts now because people are going on podcasts now and they're revealing all this shit, and they're like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. But, um. So now, I because I've there's so many of these. Is this the one with the laser grid? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, dude, that, I mean, that's, that's my favorite scene. God, that, it's so good. You didn't expect it to happen too. that one five minute scene, or it was probably only like two minute scene, but I had that black guy that had been in a bunch of the James Bond movies that everyone at that period of time was like, Oh, this guy's going to be the new James Bond. He was really good. He was the one that was yeah. the leader of the SWAT team. And he was the one that kind of was in that room with the grid and kind of resigned to, Oh shit, I'm screwed <laughs> when the, that whole well, pattern came up. <laughs> exactly. Cause he was killing it, dude. I was sitting, he's like oh fuck this is so close and all these different lasers kept going by and he kept dodging them yep and i'm like damn this motherfucker's gonna make it and then it's just like a laser net and it just goes right through him and just chops him to fucking pieces yeah, bro. i love like, they they did it in a real artsy style too they showed it in the reflection do you remember that they showed it on the, like the reflection of the window him yeah. falling apart they didn't actually show yeah. it like on camera but you saw it happen and i love the the voice of like the the queen that in the hive it was just like this little creepy like eight-year-old girl who just would, you're all going to die down here. And yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was such dude. a great story and told in a brilliant way that was like the timeline was a little bit fractured because they were dealing with the amnesia part of it. You know, when Alice was gradually realizing that she was she was kind of the mole in this company that was going to try to get, uh, get it out that the Umbrella Corporation was really trying to design this virus as a weaponized thing. And, and then when you realize, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, one of my best edited scenes if i had to come up with my top 10 edited sequences is the scene at the end where james purefoy uh 
Mila Jovovich, they're in like the that one lab room with the water in it, and all of it's flooding back to him. And it's it's playing out on camera to us where we see him breaking into the thing and tossing the virus and the virus exploding. And there's a moment when the virus explodes on the ground and they just do this great shot of James Purefoy's hand where it twitches. And then all of a sudden it all comes back to him and he realizes, holy shit. I'm the bad guy <laughs> and I started right. this whole thing and I hate my wife and she's right next to me. And remember they both go for that gun and he grabs yeah. the gun and he points it at her and you're like, Holy shit. It all just came, came back to him at this right moment. And it was great. Yeah. The, the ending was set up perfect with that, the virus affecting that one guy's like shoulder. Remember that shit coming out of his shoulder at the end of the yeah, movie? Absolutely. Yeah. And they brought Jason Isaacs in for like a major cameo. It makes sense because he used him in, uh, in Event Horizon, but Jason Isaacs came in as the <clears throat> as one of the doctors at the end and everything, and uh, we kind of got the idea that this was going to be the creature from the that's going to be in the second one, and I'm I can't really even remember if if that's the route they went because wasn't the which one was in Vegas was it the second or the third one? I think it was Apocalypse. I think it was the third yeah. one. Yeah, I remember one of them was like very desert like. <clears throat> Yeah, I, that one, I think that one, and then maybe even Extinction was also in the desert. Yeah, I, I really need to go back and rewatch the second, uh, the the two sequels, if if not more of them, but certainly the first two sequels that came after this were really good. I well, loved what they I'm did sure... with the Dobermans, you know? Oh, yeah, dude, absolutely, Because man, playing the that game, was great. that was the yeah, worst part. If you open the door... I hated those, yeah. Yeah, when you open the door and there was a Doberman there, you better be able to run or shoot immediately, because you're going to get screwed. Yeah. 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 So let's see. I think I was in like ninth grade when this game came out. Um, and I remember sitting in my room playing this game at like 10 o'clock at night and literally being so scared mm-hmm. while playing it that I called this girl I was talking to and was like, Hey, I just want you to stay on the phone with me for a while while I play this video game because it's so scary. It sounds, you know what I mean? it sounds like, weird, and but it's true. You know, I no. went through, I remember going through like three or four of them in like a month. I just was on a Resident Evil kick and I played them on like GameCube or something, I think. Because they, uh-huh. they had like this thing where you could get them on Xbox and you can get them on GameCube or I don't know what the platforms was, but I remember playing them on GameCube. And mm-hmm. it was so phenomenal. And I remember just like last year, my cousin was playing the the new one. And he's like, dude, it's the scariest game I've ever played. He's like, I can't even play it all the time. It just scares me too much. And that's, that's saying crazy. a lot from like a horror guy and everything. He says, you just don't yeah. know what's going to come behind the, the next corner. And it's going to be friggin' evil and scary. Yeah. It, it's weird how they've, they're able to do that with video games now that they can actually make them to the point where people are scared of them like they're horror films. Yeah, dude, it's amazing. <clears throat> yeah, very well done. All right, next one we're gonna we're gonna dip back down to the cheese of the '90s again, <laughs> briefly. <laughs> and this was another movie that we played all the time at the video store because it was because uh, you were like, if you're gonna cast Double Dragon, why not cast Scott Wolf and the guy from Iron Chef? <laughs> <laughs> Do you realize that that's who that was? Do you remember that yeah. show on the Food Network, uh, that Iron Chef? Yeah, it's uh, Mark Dacascus. Yeah, it's weird that he yeah. went and was like eventually became like this a very Mark Mario Lopez type guy. He was like Seacrest on the Food Network. He he went yeah. in and he was doing all this stuff. And I remember for years thinking he was like this chef, and then it it dawned on me that that's the Double Dragon guy, and I was like, what the well, hell? <laughs> yeah, he's also he also did that movie Only the Strong about Capoeira. Interesting, dude. 
I loved that movie when I was a kid, man. He's probably and, legit. I mean, he's probably a legit. Oh, no, he's martial artist. He definitely is. Yeah. Um, and he's he's the bad guy in John Wick 3. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's interesting. I did see that. I did When I looked him up, it said John Wick 3, and I, was, I still yeah. haven't seen it. And I was like, man, I got to look it up. He probably looks exactly the same. He does, but he's bald. Yeah. Like he, he shaved his head completely bald. Yeah, he's been bald for a while, though. I think he was bald on the on the Food Network show he was doing, too, so uh-huh. that wouldn't have been a big surprise to me. But uh-huh. uh, I loved him. I mean, you, you got to see those two guys along with Alyssa Milano. Uh, and, I mean, what was the—I love Double Dragon, first of all. I mean, that was one of—that was an original NES game right there. I mean, Dude, there were so I, many games like that. To this day, I have not beat that game. No, and I, I I have one of those little like uh, you know five hundred game classic NES yeah. systems, and I've turned it on and I've played it for like a week, and I I, I can't even get past like stage three anymore. There's a lot like, of those original NES games that I haven't beat, but I still find myself playing them. Like Ghosts and Goblins, I'll I'll put on oh, Ghosts God. and Goblins. I'll get to I think the most I'll get is to level three, and then I have to like I have to check out i can't go any further yeah but i'll still play it you know and it's still the same with double dragon and but double dragon was very similar to uh renegade do you remember renegade back in the day i don't remember Uh, that bad dudes was the same thing Uh, bad dudes i remember yeah Yeah, it it was all the same thing you know it was that like that screen that was very similar to like uh the, the second ninja turtles game where you had to defeat everybone on the screen and then the arrow would appear and, and let you know yeah. that you got to go to the next screen but there was no continue there was no save anything like that you had three lives yep. you had three lives to get through the whole fucking game and like i, I could never do it yep they had the uh you would pick up the random weapons like if someone hit hit you with a chain it would fall on the ground so you had to pick the chain up you had to pick the bat yeah. up and yeah it was a fun game especially for the original nes now as far yeah. as the movie goes very similar in my opinion to street fighter you know it, not the greatest script not the greatest casting job in it but nostalgic as hell and still a pretty fun ass movie Oh yeah, no. So I have to say, I, I did see this one. I vaguely remember it, but I have not seen this movie probably since it came out. Yeah, man, it, we played it a lot. I can't recall the every plot point from it, but it was basically, you know, a one gang uh, gang taking over this whole kind of. Uh, I'm trying to think who the main baddie was in uh, in Double Dragon. Yeah, I, can't I don't think remember of who it is, but I remember they. They had to team up with Alyssa Milano, and she was kind of the leader of the resistance and everything. Uh, and they had to just take down the different gangs and everything that were kind of uh, in that town. I'm not even sure what town it took place in. Because right. I don't think it was futuristic. Uh, no, no, I don't think it was either. I think it was like in China. Well, you know, like based in China somewhere, like something like that. It could I think have been. Were... It was like Chinatown maybe. Uh, in, in yeah, maybe that's what it was. But it was fun. You know, it was, like I said, it's not going to win any awards, but it, <laughs> it was worth seeing just to see Alyssa Milano in her bad 90s jeans and like yeah. short blonde hair being like, come on, guys, we got to do this. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, the, I remember the most frustrating character in the game to me was the big, bald, like, the, there would always be two of them, and you'd have to fight both of them at the same time. Oh, yeah. And, like, oh, yeah. Was that was that character made in the movie? Do you remember if I, that character was in the movie? I think it was. I want to say that it was. I also remember yeah. that if you did not have a weapon when you fought either of those guys, you were screwed. <laughs> You're fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no no getting past And that. if they got a hold of the weapon themselves, you were screwed. 
Yeah, See, or if they I got might a hold get of you. off this pod and go play some Double Dragon. I have the original. I, know, right? I have the original cassette and everything, so I'll I'll, I'll definitely be playing it. I That's won't be awesome. beating it because I'm like you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> some of those old NES games are easy as hell to beat, and some of them you don't know anyone that's beat it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Russian Attack was another one that I I think I I knew <laughs> I one person that, that beat it, and that, it's such a hard game, man. Yeah. <laughs> What was that? What was that game where you were like either uh, like an elf or uh, uh, oh, I can't think of the other like what's the guy from Lord of the Rings? The little short guy, uh, not the elf, the He's not uh, a troll. Oh, a troll or a true? Uh, what do you call it? Um, damn, I, I can't. I can't think of it either. But anyway, are you talking about Gauntlet? gauntlet oh my god dude oh wow bro yeah gauntlet and gauntlet 2 were great gauntlet 2 was almost better than gauntlet 1 uh that was like a never-ending game yeah it was and it was just these like over the head uh over the head kind of scenes where there were ghosts everywhere and if you took down one little door that would let all of them into there but you had to take down doors to find keys and everything it was fun yeah it was it wasn't as fun as like uh, do you remember golden axe which was a big like sega game it was one of their big big games when sega first came out and it was is that the one where you would like turn into a wolf yeah 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 oh no no that was unaltered beast that was the oh yeah 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 no golden axe was you could choose to be like a a warrior a wizard or like the the female character and it was similar to like double dragon where you would just go across those screens and you'd pick up battle axes and you'd destroy shit and everything a lot more fun with the arcade game that i thought than with the 16 bit sega game but uh-huh. uh, it was certainly one that i'm surprised there were so many games that they could have made movies out of you know when you think back of all these titles and everything oh yeah like dude. how have they not made a metroid or legend or a zelda game you know for real or movie like, sorry not game yeah yeah exactly yeah right yeah metroid or zelda especially i mean dude zelda they could make that a fucking epic they could yeah, make that man. a trilogy for sure you know? it, it makes no sense that they wouldn't even have tried it now there should be at least a bad version of it out there and i Shit, think maybe ma- nintendo might be like nope can't do it yeah you i know? think they've done animated films they might have done animated films but i don't think they've. you know it. they used to have a cartoon back in the day when like uh what's his name did the super mario brothers show yeah yo i remember that yeah they had a cartoon yep. um, that that was on that show, I think. Yeah, it was very short-lived where they played yeah. that. Because it was also a, like a, a Donkey Kong cartoon at the same time. They did go crazy with a lot of the cartoons after a while. And I know yeah. they do the Castlevania is on Netflix, and that's a like newer uh, like animated film. And I've heard it's good. Yeah, it's good. The The animation's good. The music's good. Uh, you just got to be into that type of animation and everything. I mean, it's certainly mm-hmm. easier, I think, to do an animated film to uh, based on a video game just because of a lot of the, uh, the grandiose stuff that you're going to have to accomplish. I mean, you think doing – and that's really the, the problem with Street Fighter and Double Dragon. Without the – the great script or great actors. I mean, you need a lot of money for special effects. You can't just throw Blanca out there of a guy with a, uh, or orange wig and green makeup on and be like, that's him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like this yeah. guy is supposed to be some evil troll like monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like yeah. biting your head. And Damn, I'm going to have to send you the, uh, I'm going to have to send you pictures of the, uh, the GI Joe figures. They're so good. Man. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah, cousin has them all. So I'll have him take a picture of them. Send to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next one is another game that I never played, but I love the uh, I love both the old school movies, and I haven't seen the new one. Is uh, Lara Croft Tomb Raider two thousand and one? 
Now, I have not seen this movie. I've seen like 15 minutes of it. Really? But I've never seen this movie. It's yeah. Good, not man. for and not for any reason. I've never been like, oh, I don't want to see that. I just have never seen it. You yeah, know? the first two were really good. The uh, the first one was just Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. The second one was The Cradle of Life. And uh, some of the best stuff in that first one, because it's very, um, it's like an action-packed, and, I, and I, it's weird saying action-packed. It's not like the, I was going to say it's like an action-packed Indiana Jones, and Indiana Jones obviously filled with action, but it's a lot right. more action. It's like a female Indiana Jones. She's an archaeologist. She goes and she finds stuff and everything. And uh, but she's super rich, and she has like a team of people. Like her, like Butler is one of the. Uh, he, he's a badass too, but he gets her these jobs, and he's got like a. She's got like a weapons guy played by Noah Taylor, who makes all her weapons for her and everything. But now, what was really great isn't John Voight in this movie with her? Yeah, he. They don't have a scene together because they had some really tumultuous like relationship. Her and her dad, uh, John yeah. Voight, and I think they. They did this in such a way where they only had like one scene together. Like it was very similar to like Last Crusade, where the dad was missing and everything, and she had to go down the kind of path that her father went down to find, uh, to find the artifact that he could not find, and he was she was racing to get it to another like team of archaeologists and everything, and and she was a badass and everything. And you got to they did a scene at the end for like five minutes and everything, but he wasn't a major character in it. Uh-huh. Somebody that was a major character in it was Daniel Craig before James Bond. This was like the really? first thing I ever saw him in. Wow. And he played like he played the other archaeologist that was trying to get it, but they him and Angelina Jolie had like this kind of friendly friendly type relationship to each other. They're like you go and look for it. I'll go and look for it. I'm not going to kill you or anything, but uh, but I'm not going to help you with your kind of thing. And it, it was really good to see him in this movie. And it had uh, the bad guy in this movie I'd seen in a bunch of other stuff. But it was like this really great uh, multi-country uh, kind of adventure. It was fun. Yeah. And she was a badass. She became a badass in this movie. I mean, you, you think before this movie, she really wasn't. And then she went on to do a lot of action stuff. She went on to do Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And uh, I'm not sure what, what other action stuff Angela Jolie is famous for. But I think before well, this, it was there, like there's... Girl Interrupted. Yeah, and Gia. Um, and Gia, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah um, so there was that movie Wanted where uh, – Yeah, I've heard of it. Was it good? Like the, Dude, it's an interesting movie. It's, I mean, it's along the lines of like, like Tomb Raider. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it, it was an action movie put out at that time with an interesting concept. And was that the um, one with I'm McAvoy? Tra- yes, yeah. yes. Um, you know, and like, it's pretty neat. Like, they, they, there's like a way to like curve bullets, and she's like a super assassin, and like, That's right? I do remember seeing like certain scenes, like the making of a couple scenes in that movie. And then there was that one she did where she was, um, uh, like the Russian, they thought she was a Russian spy. Yeah. 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 I forgot that one was that good. One. I Damn. forget the name of it, but it was good. Yeah. The, the Lara Croft movies really kicked off a lot of action stuff for her. And then she kind of, then she kind of went against it all. It might've just been age, you know, after a while you just kind of age out of that type of stuff and she's doing more serious stuff now. And I don't know what the hell she's doing now. She randomly well, comes out with that- me. She does that uh, Maleficent. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. She did come out and do that. And she's directed a couple of movies. There was, uh, she was nominated for a couple of awards for a movie she directed a couple of years ago. And yeah, the Maleficent, which I've never actually seen, but she looks badass in it. 
and she played Grendel's mother in uh, in the Beowulf movies. So, I mean, she was uh-huh. always kicking it after that. But I thought she made a perfect – she looked just like the character. I Like I said, yeah, I never played absolutely. the game, but she certainly looked like it. They dressed her like it. They were very kind of solid with that kind of thing. And now I had never seen the one with the girl from Ex Machina, the one they just did. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. And maybe it's good. I mean, I like her. I think she's uh, she's really good. She's I can't remember her. Allison. Damn, she's got a weird name. Starts with a V. Her last name I can't remember. I know she's married to Michael Fassbender. Who we're going to be talking uh-huh. about coming up here in a little bit. But uh, yeah, there's no reason I haven't seen it. Just n- never got around to seeing it. I love the story. I love. Uh, I'm a sucker for those like epic, multi-country adventure kind of movies. So. Makes sense that I would like it. Yeah, you definitely got to go check the the two old ones though, because they were both good, both the two. No, and, I, and, and the... yeah, and I and I like I said, I never had anything against them. I never heard anything bad about them. I just never saw them. Yeah, you know. All right, let's jump forward. We'll jump forward to this next one, which we both have kind of a personal thing going on with this one, as kind of shitty as it was. But there's there's a couple of good stories that go along with it. Phenomenal movie. Yeah. Phenomenal movie. <laughs> when I'm not watching Sweeney Todd, I am watching Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 2018's Rampage, man. And this was a game I loved. Oh my god, I loved Rampage. Back yeah, in the day. And it was such a simple game that you you were like surprised that they could even make a movie that was even remotely. I mean, it wasn't. I mean. And the only difference was is there's tall buildings and there's monsters. <laughs> that's yeah, no, that's they, the they only just, difference. They just used the name yeah. because people knew that name, you know. But what the story behind <laughs> this was I was I've been a member of like that Regal Club card type of thing and they'll send me uh for movies, you know, you go to the movies and they'll offer you free shit every once in a while. And for a while there I was getting emails about uh and it happened like two or three times before this movie where I was getting emails about, "Hey, would you like to be uh go to a special premiere of this movie that's playing at the theater and everything and uh it's always been crap movies that they've sent me like <laughs> like family movies or something and it's like yeah. eight o'clock on friday night you want to be part of this you can uh, get a free ticket for you and somebody else to see it and i was like no i don't think i'm interested in that even th- even though it is a special preview but then yeah. rampage came up and it was like hey do you want to see rampage get two free tickets and everything and i was like you know this will be the one i go see i said i might as well at least i'll see some spectacular stunts and stuff like that and i had somewhat high hopes for it even though i knew that it was going to be uh, i knew it, it was going to be a little bit of a shit show uh <laughs> But I remember calling you and telling you, hey, we, you want to go do it? And you were like, hell yeah. And it was kind of special because not only was it a special premiere, it was the first time that that new movie theater had even opened. They have yeah. they weren't even showing like regular movies there. It was just open for that special advanced showing. So we were literally the first people to ever be in that particular theater and sitting in those seats. And I remember being in awe of the theater itself because the theater yeah, itself absolutely. was amazing. Yeah, but why don't you tell us a little bit about like the 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 cops that the were guards. in the theater, the guards? Yeah. yeah, so we're sitting in there, and like these people come in, and it's like a spokesperson for you know Universal. I don't know if it was, yeah, Universal. Um, and she was like, "We just want to thank you all for coming today," and like she's so nice, and all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, she's like, "And by the way, we also have marshals up in the." viewing booth to make sure that nobody will be recording this if you're caught recording this your phone will be confiscated and you will be told to leave like she went from being so nice to all of a sudden like hey by the way we'll fucking arrest you yeah and they do like they had guns on hips man and shit yeah like (laughs) you know that shit was crazy like like yo we're just here to see fucking rampage like if anybody (laughs) 
And, you know, if anybody's going to leak this movie, they're going to do you a fucking favor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> they took it serious, man. I was like, yeah, wow. Absolutely. They were like, we're, there's people are going to be wearing like the heat censored goggles and they will know if you're, you're using your phone. So put it in your pocket and do not take it out. And we were like, I'm not taking it out. Just want to watch the flick. I know. Right. And there were Didn't decent we were... stuff about the movie. I don't want to shit on it too much that I, I like the, uh, the guy who played Negan in, uh, the walking dead was kind of the, uh, the, uh, the military guy. And then you had, uh-huh. um, that opening scene where that one SWAT group is fighting the, uh, or hunting the wolf in the woods yeah. was pretty cool and everything. It was the stuff with the rock and communicating with the, with the gorilla. With George. Oh God. <laughs> I will yeah, tell you man. one thing. The, this movie gave me some unbelievable vertigo at the end of it. And Did I, it really? And I usually don't experience that in movies. You know, you, I've, I've seen many movies where they do that kind of uh, stuff on top of the uh, kind of skyscrapers and stuff, and it never really bothered me. But when when they were on top of there and that uh, building was falling down and shit, I remember getting a little bit kind of queasy and vertigo from it. So if anything, they did that really, really well. Mm. Uh I, I thought a lot of the actors just kind of phoned it in. The two guys, the, the like brother and sister kind of. Have you seen the sense of the theater too? I might have. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> but I do remember. <laughs> I remember parts of it. I remember the, the brother and sister characters that were like the head of the company that were being shady and that were releasing yeah. all these creatures. They just weren't that good. It was kind of a B-level kind of actors that they brought into it. And the story was eh, it was kind of over the top. I mean, when you sit down and you think of what they're remaking, it kind of makes sense that it's over the top. Right. But what bothered me was that the some of the comedy they put into it, if they had put a little bit more seriousness and a little bit less of the comedy and uh, like him, the rock communicating with the, with George, the gorilla is what really bothered me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See, I thought that was fun. You know what I mean? The movie was corny. It was cheesy. It was not a good movie, but it was, there was a lot of good like CGI and stunts and action. You know what I mean? Um, But like, I don't know. I had fun with that. Like, yes, it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. You know yeah, what the I mean? Problem but is, like, is I was looking at it in the eyes of like a 40 year old, which I should be looking at it on, from the eyes of like a 12 year old seeing it. Who's like, this is the most badass movie in the world. Cause you forget about that. You know, what's nostalgia to us is absolute garbage to most people. And yeah, uh, absolutely. Movies that come out these days, and when they're specifically to like a 12 or a 13 year old audience and everything, this is their jam, man. This is like their yeah. movie, man. And, and in 15 years, they're going to be talking about it being like, Oh my God, rampage was the shit. Remember that movie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> you know? Yeah. But like, you know, the jokes between the two of them, I thought were fun, you know? Yeah. I think that's the problem I had when they were doing, yeah. that, <laughs> when they were doing that, like humping action and everything. And uh, well, yeah, yeah. That was, was like, a little over the, the top. I, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And then, like, the whole skyscraper falling at the end, everyone's like, oh, we're all right. We're all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you guys just went fine, through some serious shit. Yeah. <laughs> Not a scratch on you, huh, Rock? Not a scratch on <laughs> you. So, yeah, I mean, take it for what it's worth, I guess, when you go see it. But uh, as far as a movie that I was excited that they were remaking from an old classic NES game, I mean, that part of it I was great. I remember when they first announced it, and I was like, that's brilliant, man. It's just going to be like King Kong. It'll just be like this crazy monster movie and everything. And 
I just think they missed the the mark a little bit. Then again, like I said, yeah. I haven't seen it a second time, and a lot of times I do need that second viewing to go in there and kind of uh, prepare myself and kind of go in there with the eyes of like a twelve year old and be right. like, you yeah. know, maybe it's it's good for what it is, but I won't I won't yeah. give it that until I actually go see it a second time. So we'll see. <laughs> All right, this next movie, this is one you're going to have to you're going to have to tell me about, man, because I yeah. don't know shit about the game and I know even less about the movie other than Mark Wahlberg stars in it. And that's yeah. 2008's Max Payne. Dude, so this game was along the lines of like scary you know what I mean? Mm. Um, it wasn't frightening like Resident Evil or Silent Hill. It was more anxiety and like just kind of like uh, mind bending. Um, in the game, Max Payne is a detective and he's trying to find uh, his wife and daughter's killer. And as you go through the game, very much like Silent Hill you'll get to a point and all of a sudden the screen will switch to like red and black um, and things start moving in slow motion and you'll start hearing like a heartbeat and like there'll be like a baby crying in the distance and you're like trying to figure out like, okay, what's going on? And then he'll kind of narrate, you know, like what, you know, why is this happening and who, who is this person? And like, and it's just creepy and like, you don't know what the hell is going on. Right. Mm -hmm. So in, in the movie, that is like kind of a factor, you know? Um, and also in the game, they did a very like matrix matrix like effect where like, if you had this certain meter filled all the way, you'd hit and hit a button and things would go in slow-mo and you would be able to like, you know, dodge stuff and mm -hmm. take people out. Um, and so in the movie, Mark Wahlberg, you know, plays Max Payne. Um, and he's a detective and you know, his wife and daughter were murdered and like, no one was ever caught, you know, and so basically he ends up going a little bit crazy and gets put on like cold case, you know, and like at the same time, he's always working, you know, that case. But like there are no leads, you know, um, and there's this series of kind of murders that starts to happen and it's due to like this this drug um, and people keep saying like the, you know, the, the angels are, are coming to get them. And like, you know, they, if they have wings, they can fly and like, you know, and, <laughs> Sounds and so, like PCP G. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, so you come, you come to find out that like, um, it's part of this government program. It's this, uh, it's this drug that these people were making in order to make like super soldiers. Oh, nice. But the, pro but the problem was, and it was like highly addictive. If you didn't have, you know, more of it all the time, like, you would go crazy. Um, and so the problem with the project was like, it was like one in like a thousand or one in like 10,000 people it worked on the rest. It drove insane. So the one person that it worked on, like becomes the bad guy in the movie. And he's like going through all these drug addicts, trying to find somebody like him who can, you know, be at the level that he is constantly, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, you know, Max Payne is looking for this guy, you know, but he doesn't know it yet. And so like, dude, it's just kind of this like dark detective story. Does it, uh, to eventually kind of circle around and connect to his, uh, his wife and daughter's killer type of thing. Right. Yeah. So you find out that like they, they broke in, there was a connection there. She worked for the lab that was, um, you know, uh, 
giving this these drugs to these people and so like they came to her to like get more of it and you know they killed him and and the thing is he feels guilty because like you know 10 minutes earlier and he would have been there and you know the you know so that's like his thing um and canon ninja uh movie absolutely right (laughs) you know absolutely um and it's 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 just it's a fun like dark detect and now i i have to say there's a lot of plot holes in this you know what i mean (laughs) like this this is if you liked this game you will like this movie if you if you don't you're gonna watch this movie and be like dude i don't what what about that dude in the third scene that just walked out that never came back you know what i mean like it's it's stuff like that but like you know when you've played the game man it's it's like dude this is great you know and like see the thing is is there's there's little plot twists and stuff like that so i don't want to get too deep Mm. into the movie you know who else starred in it do we know anyone else besides uh mark Wahlberg? there's honestly there's a couple of people but like i don't have them pulled up okay. because of other you know because of fucking quarantine i remember the um, uh i remember the seeing the trailer for it and that's about as far as i remember but i remember it having that look that reminded me of uh uh sin city you know it had that yeah. kind of very dark noir kind of shadowy kind of look to it and everything and I remember the poster was similar to that too, where you just saw Mark Wahlberg standing in the shadows and everything. And it was like a black leather jacket yeah, or it, something. It, yeah. I feel like they didn't promote the hell out of this movie the way they should have. Um, and it was what two thousand eight. So yeah, and this was a time period where Mark Wahlberg was doing a lot of movies. He had done Shooter, which was around that same period of time, and he was just doing movie. a lot of. Uh, that's another movie I haven't seen, but I own it. I, so I should. Oh, it's I should so watch good. It. You need to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I've seen. <clears throat> excuse me, I've seen Max Payne like on my eBay list for like three bucks or something. So I might have to just pick it up just to be able to watch it because I like Mark Wahlberg. I mean, Mike Wa- Mark Wahlberg's really good. Especially yeah. when he's doing action type stuff, I, I think he could have been doing even more uh, quality stuff than he than he does. But uh, I'm wondering, in a lot of these cases, how many people that signed onto these movies were fans of the video games? You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or in the case of like Raul Julia, who their kids were fan of the video games, and that's the same thing with. Uh, uh, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper was filming that movie, not realizing that he was doing a video game. His kids had to tell him. He says, "You know, you're doing one of the biggest video yeah. games in the fucking world, right?" And he's like, "I had no idea." So right, yeah. Well, and like the one Easter egg thing that's great about this movie is, like I said, that's why I mentioned in the in the game with the slow motion. Um, there's not too many Easter eggs from this type of game that you can really do other than this, and so like probably almost towards the end of the movie he's in a shootout and there's a guy who has like the high ground on him and he's just and he's behind him and he's just about to be able to take him out you know and mark Wahlberg does this like backwards bend jump and it's in slow motion and they do that like you know almost matrix like where they have all the cameras yeah, lined yeah. up Magic around. <laughs> yeah you know and like yeah they uh, it's an awesome scene from the game you yeah. know and you're watching that you know, and again, you're watching the movie going like, okay, this is a little unbelievable, but I love this game, you know? Yeah. And like, you see that and you're like, oh, that's what I've been waiting for right there, you know? And a so, lot of it looked like it was probably uh, on green screen, too. Oh, yeah, I, I think I think some of it was, yeah. you know? Um, Which is but, fine you know, if you do it well, but... Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, again, if you liked the game, you liked the movie, nice. you know? 
All right, well, this next uh, movie slash game here, and this was a popular game for sure. I had heard about it for years where people are obsessed with it, was uh, Assassin's Creed 2016. Yeah. I had not seen the movie uh, at all until like two weeks ago, and I liked it. I thought it was way better than I thought I did. I mean, I love Michael Fassbender anyways. I mean, he, he brings a lot of good qualities to his roles and everything. But what I liked about this movie, now, you, you had seen parts of this movie or you, you've seen it, but you just don't remember it. Yeah, I, I I think I've seen it. And like if you go through it, I'm sure I'll remember. But I do remember like him being in a machine that like they're accessing his DNA's memory to go back to find, you know, a recent or like a, a, a relative yeah. um, from like that's, medieval times. It's true. It's, it's basically that what's, what's going on. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. A lot of it reminded me of uh, uh point of no return, you know, where they, uh, especially the beginning of point of no return where they take uh, Bridget Fonda's character. Who's like this low life kind of murder and scumbag and they fake her death. It's very similar to this. They take Michael Fassbender as a murderer. They put him on death row. Uh, they, they execute him. They, they like pump that fucking, uh, kind of fluid into his veins and he thinks he's dead and he wakes up yeah. and he's in like this white room and they're like nope you're not dead you're just we just own your ass now and right. <laughs> and you're gonna do what the hell we want you to do and what we want you to do it, it's basically we don't want you we want your dna because you don't realize it but you are connected your dna is almost connected uh to your ancestors so so it was almost like a cross between uh Point of no return and Avatar in a way. Yeah. Where, where in Avatar, uh, well, that part of the stuff that reminded me of that is so they take um, they take Michael Fassbender and they they hook him up to this machine. Uh, and it's like this crazy machine that hooks around his waist and it lifts him up in the air. And what was great about it is is this is the part that kind of felt like the video game. They actually put a quality of the movie in here that re- was very reminiscent to like video games and everything. So when he was connected to this machine, it brought him back all the way to his like ancient ancestors, like you said, in like the medieval times and everything. And they were trying to find out... Uh, I think the uh, the the Templar, uh, what is it? The Knights of the Templar was a big uh, factor in this movie, and right. they want him to basically go back in time using this machine and his abilities to be able to identify these uh, relics that they need, so the Templar can like take over the world in the present time and everything. So what's great about it is when he's connected to this machine, where and then we basically see what he's seeing and. Uh, so it goes from them. He's actually in a room connected to the machine, but we're actually watching him like in the main square in France and everything, like fighting these armies and everything. And when he fights people in like this town square and everything, they will cut back to the like lab room where he's connected to this machine. And so when he jumps off a cliff in like the uh, the old uh, medieval times, he's jumping uh, using this machine in the room. And I, I really thought that was clever, how if he was slashing at someone in the medieval times, he's actually slashing at nothing in the uh, right. in the lab and everything. And then he they would pull him out. He would get like, uh, he would get like worn out and it would fuck with his head and they'd have to take him out of the machine. And uh, then it would 
just be the stuff in the lab and them convincing. I think uh, Jeremy Irons was kind of the guy that was head of the uh, the company and everything, and they're like pushing to put him back in the machine. We got to put him back in the machine. We got to do this and everything. And eventually, he learns that he doesn't want to kind of be these guys like lab monkey type of thing. So he starts doing stuff that they don't want him to do, and kind of turning on the uh, the the people that kind of spared his life and everything. It was right. clever. It was really well done because they could have went in a way where it was just that time period back in the medieval ages. They could have just thrown it back there. But this is also coming from somebody who has never played the Assassin's Creed game. Have you ever played the game? I have, and it's 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 like Hitman. Um, is it? Yeah. But, yeah, but like it, it's it's at the same time it's a whole world that you venture through and there's that thing you were talking about and it's called the leap of faith and you go up to like the highest point and you jump off into like this hay barrel and dude from the game it's awesome like it's a it's a straight plunge and it follows it all the way down you know what i mean it's it's really neat and i know um, the uh, the subsequent sequels are different time periods too i know one was like during the american revolution or something and then they had one when it was like the medieval times which is what the movie is based on but i i think how many games do you think there's like three or four of them or something like that I, I, dude i think there's like four of them now yeah. um maybe even five but i've only ever played the first one uh-huh but you yeah. found it enjoyable Oh yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and the movie was good. I mean, it was it was better than I thought it was going to be. I because I remember when it came out in the theater and I saw it and I was like, eh, you know, I haven't played the game and it doesn't look it's not nothing that's grabbing me and everything." But unlike a lot of these other movies, they were at least clever with the video game aspect of it and then they also on top of that got next level actors i mean they got jeremy irons they got michael fassbender and michael fassbender just puts that next level kind of spin on everything he's in so yeah. it's what he's one of those actors that even if the movie's not good you at least appreciate what he does in it and uh you kind of felt that in the, in the movie itself so I, I thought it was very enjoyable now this last yeah. one here, have you seen it yet? I have not yet, and you, and oh I God. I've been needing to. I've just been working my ass off, man, and I have not had the time. So I've been Please recommending. Tell me about it. I've been recommending this movie to a, a bunch of people. I just was talking to my brother in law uh, the other day and telling him, "Oh, you got to go see. You got to rent this movie, man." And this is uh, 2020's Sonic the Hedgehog. S- so far, my favorite movie of 2020. I mean, that's really? not saying a lot because there is not many movies coming out right now. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure there's a short list of movies that came out in the first couple months that we saw in the theater, I saw in the theater, and I just aren't recalling them. But uh, so far, it was it – was, and you had heard it, you know, because they had that big controversy when they first released the images of Sonic. And they were like, what the fuck's wrong with his teeth? And surprisingly, mm-hmm. they listened to the fans, which we've been telling people for years that that's what they need to be doing when with certain properties. Listen right. to the fans, man. If you if yeah. you give the fans what they want, that's half the problem right there, you know. And that's and surprisingly, I can't believe that they did it. Where they were like, yeah. hey, we're going to go back in. We don't care if it's going to cost a couple million dollars more, if not $10 million more, and we're going to fix it. Yeah. And they did it. And uh, arguably, I, I liked the stuff with Sonic and James Marsden uh, too. So what's going on, and uh, so Sonic is living like in this like small town and he's and he's just staying far away and experiencing and learning the people in the town and it's like this whole like almost Andy Griffith Mayberry thing where Sonic is narrating the thing and he's like this guy over here he's like the barber for the town and this guy's the teacher and everything and he knows everything about everyone in town And, and one of the 
uh, because he's got so much time to just stare and watch at people. And he knows James Marsden character is the, the, the town sheriff and nothing happens and he'll fuck with him every once in a while that he'll just run straight in front of him while he's running radar and everything. And he's like, what the hell was that? And, and one of my favorite elements of the thing is there's one crazy guy that lives in town that has seen Sonic and he's, he's the crazy fucker in town because he's the one who sees Sonic and he calls him the blue devil. He's like, there's a blue devil living in town and no one's believing me and everything. So when Sonic finally reveals himself to James Marsden and he's like, holy shit, crazy Bob was right all this time. And it was really enjoyable to see that. But really in, in the stuff between him and Sonic were really good. It's, it's, narrated i don't know if you ever saw parks and rec uh the tv show yeah there was a uh do you remember the really kind of crazy guy that was always affiliated with uh aziz sanzari he was the one that started that like business with aziz sanzari when he was renting out his suits and everything he was this really Uh, i can't remember i I remember that episode but i don't remember the. the, he's got like a best friend that's like really wild and you've seen him in a bunch of stuff he voiced sonic and he was really really great in it Uh and but nobody kind of prepared anybody for how good Jim Carrey was going to be in this movie. I, that's like, why I can't wait to see it, dude. Fucking next level, dude. And he it was like he was playing Ace Ventura, but like an evil, maniacal Ace Ventura. And that's every awesome. second he was on screen, it was phenomenal. And that's great. He was so good that the stuff with James Marsden and uh, Sonic, not that it wasn't good, it was playful, it was funny, it was, that's the part that felt like a family movie. And the stuff that uh, Jim Carrey was doing, it was like, has it, I think I even mentioned to you, I was like, I don't think anyone told Jim Carrey that this wasn't a friggin' family movie because he's playing it like so evil and maniacal that he could have been a Bond villain. And, That's awesome. But the way he's like belittling people are is very Ace Ventura. I mean, if you mm-hmm. if you don't have an Ace Ventura feel when you're watching this movie, then you hadn't watched Ace Ventura lately because he's right. playing it just like it. To the point where, and I remember when it came up where people were like, this is one of the top five things that Jim Carrey's ever done. And I was like, ah, that's kind of a hard feat. You know, Jim Carrey's done a lot of funny stuff. He's done a lot of really big stuff. And I'm watching and I'm like, oh my God, he's so fucking incredible in this movie. And it, so much so that I'm like geeking out for a new Ace Ventura movie or just for a new Jim Carrey movie in general because he was so good in it. And That's awesome. And I remember Sonic. I played Sonic back in the day. You know, it, it was good. It was It was kind of a wild game because it was so fast. Yeah, a lot of times you would just you would just fly off the screen or you would just fly off the path that you were trying to get. But you were trying to get the rings and everything. And yeah, uh, I I didn't play it a whole lot that I really remember. And I certainly never beat it. So I don't remember. I never beat it. So I don't remember that character that uh, that Jim Carrey played. I knew that he was a bad guy and everything. And he didn't have that in the game. He had a certain look. He had the bald head with the big goggles and and that crazy kind of. Uh, mustache that went like completely off his face. Right. And and Jim Carrey actually does get, it's not really a big spoiler, but he actually does get that look towards the end of the movie, you know, where where he looks just like how the character looked. If you, if you pulled up the pictures of, uh, I don't know, it's doctor something is his name. So basically he was brought in to, to capture Sonic and everything. And there's so many great scenes with him. There's a, there's a scene where he goes into like this dance sequence where he's just dancing in his lair. And I could watch that scene over and over and over again. I, I can't stress how, 
child, if you're a Jim Carrey fan and you haven't seen this movie, you're doing yourself a major disservice because it, it literally is one of the best movies he's ever done. That's uh, great. To the point where I guarantee they'll make a sequel just so he can come back and do it. And, and he's he doesn't do a whole hell of a lot of movies. I know he does TV here and there. He, he has a couple weird TV shows that he's been doing. And... Uh, but you can't. I can't really put my finger on what's the last movie Jim Carrey has done before Sonic. Can you even remember what it was? I can't. I can't remember the last movie. I mean, it must have been a drama. I mean, I'm just going back a little bit. You think Truman Show, obviously, and then he did Man of the Moon, and he did that number 23. Shit, maybe number 23 was the last movie that I remember him doing. It might have been. Because I remember I mean, he's raising a family, and I know he's he's a good artist, too. Have you seen any of his artwork? Oh, yeah. He shares it on Twitter all the time. Not as much recently. I think he's been busy recently, but uh, like a couple of years ago, uh, he would put a different... Uh, he would put a different painting out, and it, usually it's politically oriented. He would Trump would say something stupid, so he does a like uh, a Trump thing with with bullshit, yeah. with like shit coming out of his mouth. And but you could tell looking at it that like man, this guy's a really good artist, and he's whipping these things up in like a day or two, just in his free time. So it was it was interesting to see. And so when I remember when the movie came out, I was like, I'm just so stoked to see how Jim Carrey's going to play this. Is this going to be old Jim Carrey? Is it going to be new Jim? Carrey? Carrey, or is it going to be a Jim Carrey that we had never seen before? And it was totally the old Jim Carrey, man. It was like classic, oh my God, what is he on type Jim Carrey, you know? It, it, was, yeah. it was crazy to see and totally worth watching. And, and like I said, my brother while I was saying, he was like, is it good for kids? Because she's got like a three-year-old. And I was like, I was like, it's a family movie. It really is a family movie. I mean, maybe I'm, I got to think of an... A, through the eyes of like a really little kid, if they're going to be scared by the Jim Carrey character and they might be right. because he, he's over the top at times and everything. But that stuff with uh, James Marsden and, and Sonic is so light and kind of carefree that it's, it's just fun, man. It, it's a whole lot of fun. I would definitely own it. And that's saying a lot in a lot of m movies that come out now. Uh, I've kind of particular of what I will own and what I won't. If I'm not, if I don't plan on watching it again, there's no reason for me to own it. And Sonic is definitely one of those movies that I, I could see myself rewatching if any if for anything just to see the Jim Carrey show and that's what it was it was like a complete Jim Carrey show hell yeah dude I'm fucking excited to see it yeah definitely make up with Redbox <laughs> I know right <laughs> I'm sorry Redbox I don't know what I, I know, did right? to make take me back <laughs> I don't know what I did <laughs> I'm a different right? man now. I know, right? Quarantine's changed me. <laughs> I haven't read anything on Redbox in a while, and I know the uh, the Harley Quinn movie just came out on Redbox. That might be the next one I just kind of rent, because that's another movie that I uh, that you hear good things about. It, it's one of the movies that when it came out, you were like, I don't know if this is going to be anything interests me and everything. And then the reviews started coming in, and people were like, no, dude, really, this is an actually good flick. So yeah, I might have I to heard. give that a shot. And I haven't seen the Bad Boys movie yet, which was one that always looked appealing to me. Uh, and I'm trying to think if there was another movie that just got dropped, but... Yeah, I can't think of another movie that's been coming out. I don't even know what movie I'm waiting for to come out. The movies are so weird right now, dude, you know, because we're not seeing any new ones in the theater. It's, it's probably the first time in like 10 or 15 years. It might be the longest time I've gone without going to a theater, you know? Yeah. Do you remember yeah. the last movie you saw in the theater before this hit? I remember the movie. I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> it, was one, it was one with the girl from Twilight. Um, oh, yeah, the underwater one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and it, it wasn't it, that it, good, right? It was, it was not very good. Not very good. 
No. Yeah, I can't even remember what, what what the last movie I saw was. It's so sad. <laughs> 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 because I, I can't see myself going to the movies anytime soon, you know? And, yeah, uh, no, me neither. Uh, I know I wanted to rent, like, The Invisible Man was one of the last movies that I thought that would have been decent to see in the theater, but then this hit right, the, I think, the week after that came out, and now there it was available on digital for, like, 20 bucks. And I was like, well, I'll not spend yeah. 20 bucks on it. I'll just wait until it comes out on Redbox for a dollar. Yeah, um, but that might be the uh, the last one I was looking forward to. So, and there's so many movies coming out later in the year, and you just don't know, you know, if they're yeah. going to come out, or if they're not going to come out. I'd be interested. You know, everyone's pushing everything back. The 2020 is basically a wash. <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. But, well, that's why we have digital, and uh, at least they can still. I think they're starting to let people back on movie sets now, which is scary. But you know. You gotta, you gotta go on. You gotta move on. Yep. It sucks, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, now I'm stoked. Now I want to just go play video games for the rest of the day. I think I might do that. <laughs> awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go to work. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go to work. Yeah, that's a shame, but <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's video games for this week. We got some exciting stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks, though. Uh, me and Dave are gonna do a, a quarantine pod here at my house in the backyard next week, and we're gonna do spy films. We picked like twelve really great old school, dramatic spy films. Films like uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy or The Conversation. Uh, there was a couple other ones. I was uh, Three Days of the Condor, which I rewatched the other day, which was fabulous. A lot of the old seventies movies that uh, that you might have not have seen, but might be interested in hearing about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the week after that, you and me are going to come back. And we're going to do some SNL flicks, some really great yeah. ones. We're going to talk some ladies, man, some coneheads. Some uh, I always in my mind thought that uh, SNL did more movies than they did, and they did like eleven flicks, and that's it. Yeah, it's yeah, weird. It seems like way more. Yeah, and there's so many, and we're almost past the period. When's the last? I mean, probably MacGruber was probably the last one where they actually had a sketch that could translate well to a movie. You know, you think of yeah. new, and I watch Saturday Night Live every week. And have you been watching the quarantine stuff they've been doing? Um, I saw a little bit of the first one they did. It's and not I, bad. I, it's not yeah, bad. I, that one. I, I, I kind of was like, Oh, I see. I see what you're doing, but it, it didn't keep my interest long enough. The, the one they did last week was really good. They like, I think they're really getting it now that they, they're letting these, uh, these great comedians come up with their own sketches and do them from their house and everything. And it felt this last one felt really good to the point where I was like, I'm fine with them doing them like this for a little while at least, but I think it was the finale that just happened. So now they have a little bit of time before they have to come back and uh, do stuff live. And hopefully that'll be able to be doing it. But uh, yeah, you, you forget about all these great uh, Stuart saves his family. It's such a random kind of sad night live. I just rewatched night at the Roxbury and they're just fun sketches that are just stupid and ridiculous but just entertaining as hell. Uh, yeah. So we're going to be talking about that. And then we got our two big epic uh, Canon film pods, which is going to be a blast, man. It, it's some of the best research <laughs> I've done for the podcast in probably the last year is rewatching these Canon films, man. Because I, I started it with watching the documentary, that Electric Boogaloo documentary, which we I can't I know you and me can't recommend that highly enough for people, uh, just to see how a great shit show happens <laughs> with people that are huge fans of movies just going out there with very little money and very little talent and just putting stuff out. And yeah, like I said, it, it, it hits us in our sweet spot because it, it's a time period where we were little kids and we were just like loving everything like that that they were putting out. Because if, you, if you're like a, 
a real big movie fan that didn't grow up in that time period and you try to watch those movies, probably pretty difficult. <laughs> but yeah. If yeah. you are huge fans like us, like rewatching old Charles Bronson and Chuck Norris films and just ridiculous type stuff that these guys were able to to put on film, it's it's fun as hell to watch. So much so that we need two pods to cover them, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it basically brought the the ninja <clears throat> into the like the the lexicon of American culture, you know? They were yeah. really responsible for that all those ninja flicks were basically kind of spearheaded by the canon film company really well done too so yeah definitely we're gonna do those we're gonna break those up into two pods and me and dave are also gonna do a pod dealing with danny boyle the director danny boyle did great films like train spotting <laughs> and uh yesterday 28 days later a lot of good flicks so that's the next couple a couple weeks and we're it's all going to be working up to our uh, our wild card pod that we're all going to be back together again at uh, Dave's kitchen table hopefully by that time we may be wearing masks we may not but I'm, I'm assuming five or six weeks down the line we'll, we'll we've got to be in a better place than we are right now you know yeah I'm hoping so <laughs> yeah I mean people need to be safe be safe keep your social distancing we don't want a resurgence of uh what we've already had you know so yeah hopefully it all kind of peters uh down and we're back to real life even though my real life is very similar to what i'm doing quarantine to be honest <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm having a lot easier time with it than most people out there most people are going stir crazy i think and they were like i don't at this point people are like i'll, I'll i'm willing to risk it i just can't stay home anymore <laughs> yeah you know just well be safe but if you want to get a hold of us, you can check us out on fascinatedwithfilms.com. Uh, uh, is it .com? No, it's .gov. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. See, I'm already <laughs> forgetting it, man. Quarantine too long. <laughs> and you can also check us out on Facebook under Fascinated with Films, or you can leave us a like or a comment on our two platforms, which are iTunes and SoundCloud, and we will get back to you with that. But you keep up with our Facebook. We're gonna, uh, we'll keep everyone updated of the upcoming stuff. I've been dropping the the photos for the uh, pods on the same day the pods been listed because it seems like it's a smarter idea. <laughs> that nice. and we, that and we've been like uh, doing things on the fly so much that it, uh, I used to drop them on Wednesday, and it's been to the point where once Wednesday rolls up, it's kind of unclear what's coming out that week. So it's kind of perfect to drop right after I drop the kind of reminder that there's a new episode out. So hopefully everyone uh, is on Facebook and keeping up with us on there too. So until next week which is going to be spy films me and dave see ya peace you lose